Welcome to the Advisor Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon. I'm here again with my co-host, John H. Curry. John, great to see you. I'm excited for this episode. We're covering uh, a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart. Um, and uh, today we're going to talk about becoming known for what you know. Absolutely. I love this topic and I'm going to give credit where credit is due. A guy named Jack Kinder, uh, one of the legends in the insurance business, said something one time that made me think of this. He said, it doesn't matter what you know if nobody knows that you know. So think about that. It does not matter what you know if no one knows that you know. So you can be the most knowledgeable person in your field, but if you are an educated person but nobody knows that you have that knowledge, you're not going to make any money. And people hate Dr. Phil. <clears throat> They're psychologists. They say, yeah, he's not a real psychologist. He's making all this money. I hate his guts. He's not real. There's an attorney. I'll leave you his name, John Morgan. You see the signs over Morgan and Morgan all over. By the way, they're in Arizona. They're in uh, Phil, uh, Pittsburgh up in Philadelphia. I didn't know it's Phoenix and Chicago and Philadelphia. Just in the last few weeks, I've been in both, all three cities. And guess what? Saw their ads there. So, but people say, attorneys who do what he does says, hey, he's not as good as I am. Guess what? It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to be as good as you. He's just known better than you. So that's the theme. And I'll pause and if you want to add something to that or jump in there, but that's the whole thing I want to talk about is how to become known for what you know. Well, I love it. We, we call this uh, being the best kept secret in your market. And we talk to businesses on a weekly basis and we, you know, we're listening to the challenges that they have, John. And, and I mean, it's clear that these people do a fantastic job and get great results for their clients and they're struggling to get enough clients to hit their goals or, or in some cases struggling to get enough clients to, you know, to, to keep the business going. And, um, and the problem isn't the quality of the work. It isn't that they need another credential. It's that they're the best kept secret in town. And that's a shame. That's a crying shame. In fact, that, that's, frankly, that's what we exist to solve. That's our mission. Well, and you do a good job of it. You've helped me tremendously with that over the years. And I, I, would, I would just be bold enough to say, I'm pretty dadgum good at the marketing myself. But every time we sit and have breakfast or you're working with me, and full disclosure, I'm, I'm a client of Steve's. Uh, he helps me with things that, because he's dealing with other people, within the financial world, but more importantly, outside of the financial world, I see things that I can apply in my business that I never would have thought of, Steve, because it's coming from outside the industry. And I think we're guilty of, uh, in this business of staying focused on what the industry is doing when we can learn from other industries. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the podcast that you have, uh, that's, that's aimed at clients is a good example of that. You know, you, that's something that was being done in other industries. You were hesitant. I remember when I first mentioned it to you, you did not, you were not on board. I could tell you were being nice to me, but you were not on board. Um, you know, and now you do a seminar and 30% of the people in the room or 40% of the people in the room raise their hand saying that they listen to it, which spurs a whole bunch of other people to go, Oh wait, you have a podcast. Where do I get it? Well, what's happened also is uh, I'm going to be careful of this one, but there, there were some leading personalities in this community <clears throat> that I would see them somewhere and say, um, I sure would love to interview you for my podcast. 
just did one on uh, Wednesday, in fact. And this guy said, you have a podcast? I said, I do. He said, well, well, how do I get interviewed? And I started naming people that he knows. He couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand it. He said, when do I get interviewed? Well, would you like me to interview you today? I mean, we're having lunch. When you come in, we'll, we'll shorten some of the stuff we're covering, and I'll interview you. So we did, and he was, man, he was like in his element. We got done. He says, I've been interviewed hundreds of times. Man, that's the best ever. Well, it's because I let him talk about the things he wanted to talk about. Because I built it, I said, let's list the bullet points of what we want to cover. And then what I, I'm pretty good at interviewing people. So I was able to pull him back in and allow him to have the freedom to do that. So, but what happens now, you know who I'm talking about. This will go out to thousands of people. He will, he's the kind of guy, it will go out. He'll be bragging about it. So what's going to happen? Now, so I mean, I get direct business from it. I will. But I guarantee you, it's going to help me become known for what I know. Well, I know. I was just going to say, let's bring it back around. So there, there are different ways to get known for what you know, and there are different scales on which you can get known for what you know. So you can get known for what you know, one person at a time, by prospecting, by going out in the community and meeting people and networking and getting referred, and that's all great, and that should be done. And then there are other ways that you can get known for what you know through marketing, where you take your knowledge, your wisdom, your process, your ideas, and you package those up into some form of media, whether it's a book, a newsletter, an email, a podcast, a webinar, a seminar, and I'll even, I'm sure I left some out, a postcard. However, you package that up, and I recommend that you use more than one of those. And now you can take that little idea and send it out into the world on that little piece of media. So you don't have to be there physically to be known for what you know to the person that receives it. I looked at the postcard campaigns when we do them <clears throat> as being miniature billboards because a billboard is anchored. It can't move, right? Well, my little billboards, they get, they, they circulate around. And sometimes people will hand them to another person. Hey, you know, this is somebody you should get to know. So my postcard is a miniature billboard that always has a focus that even if I know you're going to throw it in the trash can, at least you'll, you'll see a picture of me holding the tape measure. And the caption is, how will your retirement measure up? So the minute you see that, you know what I do. You know, I'm, I'm connected somehow with retirement. Okay. And then it says John H. Curry, author of Preparing for a Secure Retirement. There's a picture of the book is typically on there too. So I'm making sure that you know that I know what I know. <laughs> you got to find ways to do that. Well, and, and what's powerful about that going with the billboard metaphor, a regular billboard, you don't get to pick who sees it. It's That's whoever right. happens to drive by. That's right. But with your postcard or with your email, uh, you know, with other forms of, <clears throat> of direct media, you get to choose who is going to see that message and now know you for what you know. I've got three people who've called me this week because of the, uh, the current issue of talent. I magazine went out and there's a whole section. I've given me pages, 10, 12 pages about the talent. 100 club. Well, my ad is in there of me holding the tape measure. And then there's another picture of me in there with two other members where, where I got my arm around them. They got my arm around me. 
And I've had people call me and say, hey, man, I just saw your ad, but more importantly, I saw the picture of you as so-and-so. I said, well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thanks for letting me know. So, but that message is consistent. That ad I put in there cost me $995. I don't do much advertising that way, as you know. So why would I do that? Well, number one, that is a magazine that people in this community will look at. That is something where they're going to look at it. It's got some shelf life and it's consistent with my theme. But I don't change the ad every time I run an ad. It stays the same. And it's mostly helping charitable organizations. That's where I'll run that ad. But I want to make sure we talk about two things here. There are only two kinds of prospects. People you know and people you don't know. The people you know, you approach differently than people you don't know. The ones that you know, what's stopping you? Is it a matter of being fearful? Uh, maybe you pick up the telephone, you call them. And we can talk about that in a moment at first time. Maybe you send them a note. Maybe you send them a letter. Maybe you send them a postcard. Maybe you send them an invitation to a seminar. But the people you know, I would encourage you to make sure that you stay in touch with them some way. And that's what your expertise is helping people determine the best way to keep in touch with the people you know. And then the ones you don't know, find out how to get to know them. Uh, last episode, we talked about social media. Specifically, you, you use a great example of LinkedIn, identifying people that are connected to that person. And now you, you have a list of who they know. Now it's a matter of asking them to introduce you so that now you know them. So it's not that complicated. It's just it takes a little bit of work. It takes a little bit of courage. I go back to what you and I talked about before about making decisions. First, you have to make the commitment that I'm going to work on my prospecting. Then you have the courage to do it, right? You got to do it. And then once you do it, what happens? Your confidence grows, right? Hmm. So that's the key. Yep, absolutely. Well, you know, John, one of the things I've always enjoyed about our collaboration is you've got this ability to kind of break things down to a pretty simple level, um, but a, a true level. You know, you talk about the two types of prospects. Well, it doesn't get any clearer than that. A lot of people like to make make things far more complicated. Um, you know, and when we talk about becoming known for what you know, really all all we're talking about there, I mean, to me, that's another very simple but powerful concept is that the, the thing that's standing between you and the success that you want and the number of clients that you want to help is getting more people to know what you know, getting more people to know the wisdom that you have, the training that you have, the <coughs> process that you have that can help them and, um, and communicating that to them in a way that, that they'll be receptive to receptive to and, and will understand. Um, and, and when we break that down, I mean, that's the fundamental problem of business and all the other stuff that we run around doing is noise. You know, our, our whole mission in this is to, to take what we know and to get it out in front of as many people as possible, as frequently as necessary to create attraction and, and to create change of behavior. Absolutely. And, and and the key thing that you said there, I think, is get the message out there in a way, in multiple ways. You know, some people are just focused on sending emails. 
And I'll do that some. I've got people around me who, uh, because of their age, our age difference, they want to focus on using email. Well, I want to do more and more postcard campaigns. Um, uh, I mentioned to you that April and I put together this home study where people can go in and basically we're calling it a course, but we're going to promote that a lot with postcards. I don't want to take the time to do a long sales letter where I got to go get it put in an envelope. I, I, that takes too long. I won't do it if it takes that long. But if I can put a message on a, a big postcard, you know, half a sheet of paper, five and a half by eight and a half, I think it is, I can crank those out all day long. And it doesn't cost that much to mail, two, three, four, five thousand of them. And again, my little five thousand little billboards are just circulating around the area. Even if you throw it in a trash can, you had to touch it. Well, let's talk about how all of this fits together and getting people to, to know you and, and know what you know, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know in in your industry, the the thing that is preached on is prospecting. And yes. it's gen- it's generally taught as uh, what what I would call hard manual labor, dialing yes. for dollars or doing drop-ins or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. And, and, um, and, and that's probably part of what you should be doing. But that's only one way to get people to know what you know. And not everybody is going to be open to having a conversation with you in that way. And so, uh, you know, just like you shouldn't only send email, you shouldn't only do telephone prospecting. You need to look at this stuff as a portfolio and you don't have to do all of these different types of marketing, but you want to begin thinking about over time, how do I, as I grow, how do I layer these things in? So maybe at the beginning, because you don't have a lot of resources, but you have a lot of time, then you are in there doing the hard manual labor. You're doing nothing but that direct prospecting. As you grow and you want to begin to leverage your time a bit, Maybe you begin to add in some one-to-many marketing like we've talked about with seminars and webinars, John. Maybe you begin to add in some lead generation marketing, whether it's you know postcards or direct mail to get people to, to raise a hand for a piece of information that, that uh, would be relevant to them. Um, and, and little by little, you're adding these pieces in you know, into the mix of what you're doing. And pretty soon you've got a pretty unbeatable mix of things. And if you're smart about it, you're not executing any of that. You got a team that's executing that, whether it's an internal team or an external team. And you're doing the thing that only you as the entrepreneur, the business owner should be doing four things. You should be focused on relationship. You should be focused on ideas because ideas do the selling. And that usually will boil down into your intellectual property. So John, in your case, that's your secure retirement method and your focus session and your seven mistakes that most people make when planning for their retirement and all of the ideas that you have, uh, you have crafted to make your own. You should be focused on the vision of where your firm is going, you know, and whether that firm is just you or you and and an assistant right now, it's still a firm to your clients and you need to be focused on then the message. So how do you communicate that vision and get it out to the world? Those are the four things. And, um, and so sometimes you're communicating that message one-on-one in a sales conversation. Sometimes you're doing it at a prospecting call and sometimes you're doing it in an email broadcast or a podcast or something else. 
I agree with all that. And uh, next Tuesday, we're doing a seminar that's got nothing to do directly with financial issues. It's on identity theft. But we tied it into, hey, look, <clears throat> more and more people are being targeted who are either near retirement or in retirement by the bad guys. So I have a guest speaker. I'm not even doing the presentation. I have a guest speaker who's doing it. And what I'm going to be doing is April and I, at the very beginning, will have a few comments, introduce him, and then at the end, I'm going to wrap up. It's okay. So how do you take this information, folks, and make sure that you have a secure retirement? It always comes back to my message. I will not get off my message. What you've learned this evening is going to help you have a more secure retirement if you implement it. In addition, when we do the living balance sheet for you, which is a tool we use, that is a secure website. So the information that we're doing working with you on there is secure. So we'll tie it all back into what we do and how we do it. And there'll be clients in that room. There'll be new people. I think we're at 47 people. You see, there, maybe, it's, maybe it's 43. Either 43 or 47 is the number I, I heard yesterday bouncing around. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's four or 104. You know, but we're we're doing stuff that's different. And it's like my, my podcast, the Secure Retirement Podcast. I don't want to talk about money. I want to talk about people traveling, talking about things that they're doing in the community because that's that's why people my people magazine because they're interested in what people are doing. And so, and so I want to I want to do different things. Plus, I get bored just talking about life insurance and annuities. I love it, but hell, let's talk about stuff that's that's fun and exciting. Well, I I would argue that that when you talk with people on on your podcast about the traveling that they're doing in retirement, that is your message. Right. Yes. That's that's the result. That's the outcome they wanted. They they didn't want the money in the bank just so that they could go visit it, you know, three times a week at the bank and look in, in the vault and go, yeah, there it is. How you doing today, George? Ben? Let me share this real quick. There's a there's a particular episode that I would recommend people go listen to. Uh, if you just go to John H. Curry Secure Retirement Podcast, a couple was in here yesterday, uh, Betty and Phil Ashworth. Now, we did all of our business. We knocked it all out in 30 minutes. We spent another hour just talking about their travel plans or what they're doing, and they were coaching me on things I should consider doing. It was really cool. And I, I, I interviewed them a few months ago for a podcast, and I said, when you get back from this next trip, I'd love to interview you again. She says, wow, we've already done that. I said, are you kidding me? I said, we just spent an hour of you sharing information with me that if you shared that with other people, you would help them have a better retirement. Those who, whether they're retired or not, just listening to what you're doing and how you're doing it, everyone would benefit from that, Steve. Doesn't matter if they're 40 years old or, or 100 years old, if they have any desire to travel with their families. But just, heck, I'm excited about getting, getting them back in to do another interview with them. Because, and again, they know a lot of people. So they'll tell people, oh, you check us out on this podcast. Well, what I love about that is, uh, it, I mean, it, it helps you accomplish what you're you're trying to do and get your message out there and share the vision, do the things that we talked about. It helps you create relationship both with those two clients, but also now it will help you open relationships with people, with prospects that you don't know because your clients will now share this it's because it's in their own self-interest to share. It will make them feel good as humans to share this, right? Yes, I'm not going to say the name, but the names, just sitting here, just going through this conversation, I just identified two more people. This is about 23 people now on my list 
to get an interview for, for podcast just because of the subject of travel. Uh, it just popped in my head. And that's the power of doing this type of thing where we're discussing things with someone else that, whose opinion you value and listening. You, know, you and I both listen to our podcast plus other people's podcasts all the time. And it, it's just amazing to me how if you just slow down, take a deep breath, and engage in a conversation with someone, how the ideas just flow. I mean, they flow. You and I are going to be in a car next week, uh, Thursday, driving five and a half hours up to Atlanta, sitting through a coaching session and drive back. I mean, that's, that's like 11 hours of windshield time that we're going to have together. I mean, can you imagine what's going to happen? <laughs> well, and that, that's what was getting me excited. I was watching your face with this to, uh, as you're talking about, you know, interviewing this couple and the fact that it's going to create this great value for, for everybody. Um, it's interesting what comes from conversation like that. Uh, and, and just to harp on podcasts for a minute, it's not the only marketing platform that, that you ought to have. You ought to have others. But one of the reasons that, that we're so big on it, John, is that in that interaction that you have with that person that, that you're having the conversation with, and I like to call them conversations rather than interviews. Yes. And energy is created and ideas are created. And if you think about where all value in the world comes from, comes from the, the, com, the, the combination of energy and ideas. Money itself is nothing more than an idea around the transference of value. So that again, so the value comes from what again? From, from the, the combination, the, the intermingling of energy and ideas. Mm-hmm. I love okay, it. So, so you have just energized those two clients about the work that you're doing. Okay. And you're going to come back, they're going to come back in and they're going to get interviewed again. So not only are you going to re-energize them about the good work that you're doing and what you have enabled in their life, but you're also going to give them a really easy way to now take that energy and do something with it that will help you and make them feel really good about what they're doing in the community because they're going to share it. One thing I need your help on, and we'll do this offline unless you will address it right now so other people can learn too. Uh, and uh, folks, just so you know, uh, I'm a client of Steve's. I, I hired him to handle the podcast for me because I didn't want to go find somebody I didn't know. So it goes back to work with people you know or people you don't know. I prefer to look you eyeball to eyeball and work with him. But um, I, shameless plug here, I'd recommend that you talk with Steve about what he does with podcasts and see if it works for you. But uh, I love it. But one of the things that I'm trying to do, Steve, is get better at getting people to share that with their network. And I'm not doing as well with that. I haven't worried about it because it's satisfying my desire to have these conversations. And I tell prospects all the time in class, let's just sit down and have a conversation. And when I tell people about doing the interview, I say, we're just going to have a conversation, put the microphone between us. But I'm going to change it and say, I don't want to interview you. I want to have a conversation with you that we can share with other people. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's and it's it's fun. I mean, people get a kick out of it. Um, and, and that helps infuse all of this. Um, you know, we talked started off talking about being known for what you know. But one of the biggest challenges there is getting what you know in front of other people. You know, we've talked about that already, John. Um, the best way to do that is enlist others who believe in, in what you're doing and, and align your interest with their interest. 
And so as you're having these interviews, undoubtedly there are things will, will seep through that, you know, allow you to, you know, you'll make comments, you'll share things, you'll react to something they say and something about the work that you do will seep through, even though that interview is spotlighting that other person. And so, you know, again, it's, it's a way for you to kind of enlist your own little army of promoters. Um, And, and I, I just think it creates such abundance because people love doing it. You know, they love being put in the spotlight. Um, and, And as I said before, it creates tremendous energy, which will propel your message it will propel what you know out into the world. I think there's two more things here that are, that are critical. You look at what's happening in our society. You turn television on at night. If you watch CNN or Fox or MSNBC, uh, I don't know all the channels anymore. I don't watch TV that much, but I will go back and forth with the news just to see who's talking about about whom today. So in our divisive society, people are looking for refreshing, positive, energetic, information. Some are. Some are looking for something so they can just continue the divisiveness. I choose to stay away from those people. But also, people are lonely. More and more people are staying to themselves. And when you give them a platform to be able to have a conversation and share their information, that's why I I beg you, even one-on-one interviews or even in seminars, allow people to talk. I don't do a lot of joint work, but the biggest thing I see that kills the relationship or cuts off the flow of energy seed is the client's about to say something or they'll say something and the other guy just interrupts them, cuts them off. I'm thinking, you're an idiot. Let them say what they want. Even if it's negative, let them get that out. Get it out. You know, my interview on Wednesday, excuse me, my conversation on Wednesday, caught myself with this gentleman. He was getting too long-winded, so I slowed him down a little bit. You slow down here. But I, but I still wanted to let him run because he was telling something he was passionate about. So number one, they get a chance to speak up and speak out, hear themselves. Someone showed them attention and they escape from all the negativity stuff. And they feel good about me when they leave. Like, wow, thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. There's a lot there. And that's the stuff that you, um, when you first hit me with podcasts, I'm like, I even remember saying, why the hell would I do that? <laughs> you did. That's going to cost me more money, cost more time. But it was, it, it, I, I would tell you, it's one of the best investments I've ever made in my business. Fr- frankly, That's, I should charge you more. You probably should, but I'm just not going to pay the bill. <laughs> well, and I want to come back around to something you just said, you know. Go ahead. And I don't want folks to make to make a fundamental mistake. Um, and I would imagine, I can see this being made more by folks who are newer in the business, hopefully. Um what we're what we're not saying here is when you get a prospect in front of you that are you know across the desk or they're in the room with you and you're in that sales conversation that's not the point at which you're trying to become known for what you know mm. at that point you're listening to them and you're asking questions and what you know will become evident as as you ask smart questions okay um so don't you know don't don't do the show up and puke on their shoes with your entire, you know, message, right? Yeah. Show up and throw up. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the time to become known for what you know is before they are across the desk from you, because that tees up your ability to be effective in that 
and, and lead that sales conversation. You know what I've discovered to be the best way to open an interview? So uh, I know I've covered this with other episodes, but it's been a while. So let me just say that. If somebody sits down at this table that I'm sitting at right now, after the chit chat, I'm saying, okay, what would you like to accomplish in our time together today? And speaking of that, how much time did you allocate? What time do you have to walk out of here? Once they tell me that, I like to talk about these two things. Great. Let's write them down. I have an agenda in front of me. They've got one. Pictures of all of our all of our faces are at the bottom so they can remember who we are. Worked yesterday, a guy says, Oh, can't remember his name. His wife says, just tap the picture of Jay. It's pretty cool. So and that was my idea, by the way. So then I want to know how can I bring value today for you? What can I do to bring value? And then if you'll shut up and let them talk. Now sometimes they'll say, I have no idea. The only reason I'm here is because I know that you are an expert in retirement planning. We've done nothing for our retirement. We're, we're worried. We have no clue. We don't, we don't have an agenda. And I'll say, well, sure you do. You just created it right then. You're telling me that you are worried about your retirement. So tell me what's worrying you. Why are you worried about it? And they'll, they'll tell you. And now they're talking. I'm just asking good questions. Because if I start Talk, 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 and never give them a chance to tell me what's on their mind. I might be going down a path that's totally the opposite of where I need to be going. But I won't know that if I don't ask some questions up front, will I? Exactly. Well, and that's to me, that's part of being the being the leader of that conversation. You know, is being able to guide and and facilitate, not preach. True. But there comes a time to preach. There's a time when you should preach. There's a time when you say, excuse me, Steve, I think you've gotten some bad information and I want permission. May I show you what I know? May I share with you new information that might change your paradigm? Now, there's a danger here. You might want to cling to that paradigm so tightly that you don't want to hear what I got to say. So I want your permission before I do it. Because once you get new information, you may have to open up and embrace new information. Are you prepared for that? And I'll continue until they just say yes or no. Because whose problem is it? It's theirs. It's not my damn problem. I'm like a medical doctor. You're sitting there and you got a broken arm. That's not my broken arm. It's your broken arm. I can help if you want help. It's going to be the fixing. It's going to be painful. When I reposition, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. <laughs> Uh, but, but, I, but that's just part of the healing process. Love it. I love it. All right, my friend, let's go full circle on something before we end here. I know we got to wind up. Let's go back to this. Let's end on becoming known for what you know, folks. How do you do that? Number one, any opportunity you have to communicate to people in a way that is non-salesy, non-pushy, but lets them know who you are what your offering is, and how to best engage you. So here's mine. I'll make it real fast. Anything and everything I do focuses on the secure retirement method. Somebody says, John, uh, you're the retirement guy. Well, you're close. I am the secure retirement guy. Do you want a secure retirement or a risky retirement? Oh, good point. So what am I doing there? I'm positioning myself as I'm going to take risk off the table as much as I can. And that's why I'm able to do, Steve, as much annuity business as I can, because people don't want all that risk. 
What if you can get the growth without having all the risk? Ooh, I like that. So my message is clear, secure retirement. And then I engage in conversations that keep promoting that and focusing on that. And I'm looking for every opportunity to where I can be omnipresent in the marketplace I choose to work with. Now, that doesn't mean I want to be everywhere. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to be advertising and marketing to people that are 30 years old. Do I want them as clients? Sure, if they have a mindset about retirement. But I know what my key market is. So I want to make sure that people that are 55 and older, especially 60 and older, that if the word comes up, somebody says, think about retiring. You better see Curry. Curry equals retirement. Retirement equals Curry. Anyway. And that's how you become known for what you know. That's it. Over and over. And you, you don't have a new message of the month. You know, you stay focused on what you want to do and the people you want to serve. So I go back to what we were learned by, uh, uh, we learned from Dan Kennedy a long time ago, message, market, media, message, market, media. There's nothing else. I mean, what's your message? Who are you going to share the message with? That's your market. And what media will you use? It's that simple. Not it easy, is. but simple. <laughs> it is. It is. I know, I know get off here, so I'm going to let you uh, close us up. Well, um, I, you know, folks, you're going to hear us talk about topics repeatedly as we go forward. And you're going to hear us give you a different angle on these topics. Because one of the things that John and I have discovered over time is that the, the more conversations that we have around any of these things, the, the closer we all get to mastery to it. The more times we hear somebody talking about, and we listen to conversations where intelligent people are talking about topics, the better we understand them, the deeper we get with them, the, better, the easier it becomes for us to take those conversations and take those ideas and apply them into our businesses. Um, and so, um, so if you hear us circling back around, go, oh, wait, they're going to do this again. This is great. I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to take it to a deeper level. I'm going to take it to a, a point where I've got a, such a great understanding of it now. I can run with it. I'm not as active now in martial arts as I was, but here's what I learned. The guy who's my teacher, Chad, we don't do a lot of fancy stuff, but we repeat it. The, the four or five basic moves over and over and over and over and over to where if you poked me in the ribs in the middle of the night, I know what to do and I know how to do it. And it should be the same thing in our business that we do something so well that it becomes who we are and we don't have to worry about that. So the repetition is good. The key though is we don't want it to be the same thing verbatim. And I promise you with Steve and I, uh, we will, we'll mix it up some for you, but there'll be some things where you may hear this, you may hear four or five topics thrown into one episode in the future. I'm pretty sure that will happen because I know how my <laughs> brain works, Steve. And we go, we go around the circle, but we get right back to the key point every time, don't we? Absolutely. All right, my friend. Great to see you, folks. Thanks for listening. Take this uh, podcast and do us a favor. Share it with an advisor that you care about. Share it around in your company, in your community, and uh, help us spread the word. We're... Uh, showing up and uh, hopefully giving, giving some value here. And we hope that it helps you. And uh, the best way that, that uh, you can repay us for that is, is to just uh, share this with somebody else that can benefit from it. All right, folks, we'll see you next time. 
Goodbye.